I um, wanted to tell you something. Uh, something weird. Well, actually, two things. Both had immense impact on my life. First up, following my graduation ceremony, we all threw our mortarboards into the air and, uh, well, uh, one did not come down. Just disappeared into thin air. That incident resulted in me losing a good friend. And it was my fault. My mistake. And the catalyst for this weird phenomenon took place a month earlier. And looking back, the only obvious link between the two events were the words... No, no, wait, 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 wait. Let me use them to start the first of my two life-changing events. You must be joking! <laughs> no, Mr Jones, I will not... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what do you mean? Blah, 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 I can't put it more simply. I will not read your palmer flexion creases. Here, take your money back, not that you will need it, and leave my caravan immediately. I've got others waiting, you know. But, but you, you only held my hand for 15 seconds. Why, why won't you give me a reading? You've just done it for my mate, John T, so why, why not me? Are you a gypsy clairvoyant or not? <clears throat> I am a gypsy, and I'm proud of it, and I'm both a palm reader and astrologer par excellence. And I can choose who I give a reading for and who I don't. I don't have to give a reason, Mr Jones. Take your money and leave. Goodbye and good riddance. And that was that. I rejoined my best friend Johnny and we wandered off among the funfair. I, I just couldn't understand what had happened. John D said he, he couldn't make a head or tail of it either. Uh, don't worry about it, Abba. I thought he was just winding you up. If you ask my opinion, you had a lucky escape. That idiot palm has fobbed me off with the usual trite garbage. <laughs> meaningless, meaningless. But John D's dismissive comments did not explain why my palm could not be read. So, so... Come on now, come on, come on, come on. What would you have thought if this happened to you? Stop, just stop for a moment and think about it. A palmist refusing to read your palm. Hmm. I thought about it all afternoon, and the more I thought about it, the more depressed I got. I bet, like me, you came to the same conclusion, that this gypsy refused to give me a reading because he knew something bad was going to happen in my life. Yeah. If there was an alternative explanation, I could not think of it. It weighed heavily on me and it was depressing. I could not shake off my feeling of unease. And so my uni roommate, Jonty, got fed up dragging me and my black cloud around and we decided to go back to the halls of residence. He went out partying. You're a wet blanket, mate. Live a little, Arbuthnot. Live a little leaving me in the bedroom on my own, which I was thankful for, as I could lay on the bed to think it through. What did this fairground gypsy mean when he handed back my fees, saying, I would, I would not need it? It simply reinforced my fear that something terrible was about to happen in my life. I wouldn't need money, maybe because I'd be dead. 
but the whole saga simply didn't make sense. Everyone knows that palmist, clairvoyants, tarot card readers and whatnot are simply scam artists who tell you what you want to hear. You want to believe, so you do. And and yet, if this gypsy, oh, what did he call himself? Oh yes, Akora the mystic, had really seen something bad happening to me, well... Why didn't he just lie? Cover up with the usual baloney. Take my money and send me away a happy bunny. No, no, no. It didn't make sense. I fretted about it all night. I woke up with a start and I knew the answer. In the immortal words of Sherlock Holmes, if you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, so no matter how improbable, it must be the truth. There was only one possible explanation. I was now a man on a mission, and the mission was revenge. And this all happened actually during a milestone in my life. As I've indicated earlier, with 30 of my university mates, I had graduated. OK, only in sociology, but still it was an ology, and our parents were happy. We had no idea what the world would offer up next. Probably a job in McDonald's. But who cared? We were on a high. Graduation day was but a week away. As tradition dictated, we ordered in our gowns and our mortarboards. How we moaned about the waste of money hiring these stupid things. But as our oldies were paying, it was easier not to rock the boat. In fact, my roommate John T was in excellent spirits. Said he was going to do something with his newfound wisdom, do one final social science experiment. I think that's what he, how he described it. Told me not to tell anyone our secret. Well, well, not that I could, as I didn't know what it was he was planning to do. The bloke's a great tease. Now, on the morning of the ceremony, there were our thirty gowns lined up, hanging like black bats in the common room, each with its own mortarboard, probably the world's most pointless garment. No mistake on whose was whose, as the higher company, Churchill Gowns, had stuck our names on both garments to ensure they did not get mixed up. All very nice of them, though the true reason was that if we sent back what they had not hired out to us, we lost our deposit. And it just so happened, that morning I was looking down from the quad balcony when I saw my jaunty friend picking up each mortarboard and doing something with it. Curiouser and curiouser. I, I just couldn't make out what. It's too far away, but he seemed to pick up each one, fiddle with it and put it back on the peg. Did not touch the gowns. Weird or what? So once he had gone to the refectory for breakfast, I went down to take a decker. Out of sight on the inner band of each of the mortarboards, he had placed a job description, all typed up neat and proper-like. He was up to something, but what? I didn't change anything, though I was mightily miffed to see he had stuck, Arbuthnot Jones would be a paper boy in my mortarboard. Smart ass. An insult made worse by the fact that he had put Nobel Prize winner into his hat. My roommate was a legend in his own mind. Anyway, left all as they were, but decided that I needed to protect myself. I wandered off to find a printer. 
So let, let me move on this tale to later that day. Believe me, we all breathe a sigh of relief when the graduation ceremony came to its tedious end. All 30 of us traipsed out of the hall with the traditional mortarboard throwing photo in the quad. And it was only then did it click. Joker John T was a devious little son, and I knew how his mind worked. So I slipped out of the group into the gents, removed my main, ma name tag and his obnoxious job title note, and hid my mortarboard on a top shelf well out of sight. Only took a couple of seconds and rejoined my joyous companions. I kept as close to Jaunty as possible, and when the cameraman was ready, I threw my hand in the air with all the rest. No one noticed thing that I had no mortarboard to launch into space. All I did was watch like a hawk where Jaunty's landed. Fortunately, he was taller than most of us, and his landed on the outer area. Everyone was excited and having fun, under cover of all those air kisses, hugs and general partying. I had no trouble finding Jaunty's mortarboard. Replace his name with mine and his career label with my paperboy card. Kicked the mortarboard into the centre of the pile and joined in the partying. Done within seconds and no one noticed a thing. When all the excitement calmed down and with booze in the offing, the high-spirited scramble to find our own mortarboards began. After much shenanigans, we all reclaimed our own mortarboards with the exception of one. Jaunty. He was bemused, angry, frustrated, and spoiling for a fight, all rolled into one. He kept shouting, you, you must be joking, you must be joking, to no one in particular. You must be joking, who's pinched the damn thing? He demanded. We pleaded innocence. Advice such as, are you sure you threw it up? Maybe it's still up there, you shouldn't have thrown it so high. Didn't go too, down too well. As did, you'll lose your deposit, Jonty. Jonty got more angry, convinced someone had deliberately picked up too. The problem was the mortarboards are large and rigid and very difficult to hide. He ran round the group, feeling behind our gowns, which was the only place they could be hidden, but found nothing. There was certainly no way it could have been taken out of the quad unnoticed. Poor Jonty got teased unmercifully. Then the mood changed. Several of us had taken off our reclaimed mortarboards to double-check we had picked up the right one, and then discovered the printed notes. Those with job descriptions such as mathematician, scientist, teacher, artist and so on thought the whole thing a laugh. Those with housewife, prostitute, cleaner and the like were at best, uh, well how shall I say, underwhelmed. Recriminations started, a witch hunt began to find out who could be so insulting. I joined in. Jaunty glared at me. It was rather nice, though. Some of the prettier girls came up to console me, gave me hugs, saying I was certainly never going to be a paper boy. But resentment grew. As no culprit was obvious, we drifted off to the pub to discuss the matter further. And there we stayed most of the afternoon. As we neared the time when it was agreed enough was enough, I slipped away, retrieved my hidden mortarboard, put Jaunty's name in it and a new card and placed it in the centre of the quad. We would have to return that way. Having rejoined the group, unnoticed, we set off eventually on our way back to the halls of residence. 
One of us, uh, I think it was Amber, spotted the abandoned motorboard and ran to pick it up. Hey, hey, Jonty, it's yours, she shouted. We all laughed, and he went to collect it. But she, before he could, she shouted out, Hang on, his card says Con Man. Uh, no, uh, 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 that's not what I put on my card. He shouted out. Everyone stared at him. He immediately realised his mistake. How could he have known what it said unless he put it there himself? The heated debate from a few hours ago immediately reignited. This time Jonty was firmly in the firing line. He protested, denied, but there was no hiding place. Friends became ex-friends, deeply insulted by his insinuations that he thought them too stupid to get a real career. He skulked back to our room on his own. When I got back, he turned his anger on me. You pull that stunt. I thought we were best mates, Arbuthnot. Look, if you go around calling a woman a f you fancy a prostitute and another a cleaner, what do you expect? It was, it was a social science experiment, nothing more. I'm good at reading people. Anyway, I, I bet all my predictions will come true. You mark my words. So, my three years studying this stunt will result in me becoming a paper boy, eh? No, no, Arbuthnot, that was simply a leg pull between mates. How, how was I supposed to know everyone would get offended? It's just a bit of fun. Well, if you're so good at reading people, don't apply for any job involving diplomacy, Jonty. Anyway, you deserve what you was coming to you. Uh, what do you mean? That stunt at the fairground with the palmist. What are you talking about? What are you prattling all about? Do you think I didn't notice you slipped away to the toilets just before our palm reading? You went to the palmist and paid, uh, what should I guess, 30 quid, yeah? To get him to refuse to read my palm. You, you must be joking. I, I, I didn't, I didn't bribe him. You must be joking. Liar. It's the only explanation. It was a nasty prank and it caused me a lot of misery. Look, I swear, I swear, I swear on my mother's grave. Oh, shut it, Jonty. Your mother ain't dead. I met her, remember? Uh, oh, uh, OK, I'll give you my solemn word. I had nothing to do with that blooming palmist. Your words mean nothing to me. And so that night, a friendship ended. I'll always remember that supposedly happy day as the day of recriminations. A celebration ruined. We all drifted away to follow life's course. The 29 of us still keep in touch. Jaunty was cut off. Permanently. But uh, I maintained a nagging doubt. Jaunty's pleading seemed, well, so genuine about the gypsy palmist. In the end, I had to check it out. Uh, you, um, you won't remember me, um, uh, Mr. Akora, uh, the mystic, but... Uh, I do, unfortunately. Have been trying to forget you, but so far failed. What do you want now? I gave you your money back. Do you want a goodbye kiss as well? Uh, sir, um, Mr. Akora, I, I just wanted to know why um, you refused to read my palm. It, it's been worrying me. Good. Uh, uh, look, I, 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 I think I, des I deserve some explanation. You must be joking. You deserve now. That's the problem. You have everything and still want more. I don't understand you. 
I'm a poor student with no job. Ah, oh, my heart bleeds for you, sunshine. So you're not some hooray, Henry, with parents who have jumped to your every need. Best education, privileged, rich kid. That's what you are. Well, actually, my name is Arbuthnot Jones, and yes, uh, my, my parents have money, but what of it? Come on, that doesn't make me different from most people who come to you for a reading. <laughs> like my mate Jonty, you, you gave him a reading. In any case, poor kids can't afford a reading. They wouldn't come here anyway. Blah, blah, blah. You don't get it, do you, Mr Arbuthnot Jones, sir? I'm good at my job. Take pride. My family of mystics stretches back generations. I can read people's futures. I can give anyone a true astrological prediction. It's in my blood, in my very DNA. No charlatans in my family. Oh, genuinely? OK, I may put on rose-tinted glasses for some for the poor sods who sit where you are sitting, but I don't lie. So, what actually are you saying? Uh, uh, I'm saying I'm an honest man and I have not flog my guts out reading sweaty palms for lovesick couples and I'm still on the breadline. I'm broke, broke, mate. Then you come in, young stag, never done a hard day's graft, drifting through life as though the sun shines out of your ass. Whoa, those you were living, eh? Oh, don't make me laugh. A mega rich to boot. Makes me want to be sick, so get out, you billionaires. Piss me right off. Two weeks after that acrimonious conversation, I became the largest Euro millionaire's winner in history. I try to keep a low profile, but you've probably heard of me, as my company has brought up many of the world's top newspapers. I think the last headline read, um, UK's paper boy buys another title. <laughs> so, I guess Jonty's prediction came true, as did the vast majority of his other career predictions handed out in those mortarboards. Guess he could really could read people. Oh yes, and I was accidentally spot on as well. My London papers covered the story in depth. Jonty the con man got sent to prison for 12 years. Hmm. Maybe I should look him up when he gets released. And, as for my honest palmist, hmm, well, of course I had to look after him. He is now the resident astrologer for all my newspaper titles. His daily readings have gone worldwide. Hmm. And even he, maybe in a weak moment, confessed, I didn't see that coming. <laughs>